Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. I'm Brandon Peoples, Stephen Schaefer producing things for us on the other side, and we have education, our theme here today. We're going to be talking with uh, schools from around the area, Geary County Schools a little bit later. We'll hear from uh, Reginald Eggleston, the superintendent there, and uh, John Cox coming up from Blue Valley in just a bit. We're going to start, though, with uh, USD 378 Riley County Schools, and the superintendent there is Cliff Williams. He joins me via Zoom. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. Good to talk to you yet again, and uh, we're looking forward. I know a, lo- a lot of folks are looking forward to the end of the school year. This is kind of the uh, the, the final slide into summer, basically. It is. I, I know the kids were throwing some numbers around, uh, I think uh, maybe 12 days left, or mm-hmm. 17 days left. I think they said so. I don't know. It goes so much faster every year. You know, you never believe your parents when they say that to you when you're a kid. And as you get a little older, it's like, man, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this is the, the the season for activities. I know there's a lot going on here as we get set to close out. And you guys had prom recently, did you not? We did. Uh, Saturday night, uh, we're blessed with a beautiful day. Uh, normally, it's always going to rain. And uh, it held off, and the kids looked fantastic. It was an amazing day. I just want to reach out to all the parents and community members and vendors that jumped involved, whether it's giving your time or your effort for the setup to all the donations. They tie after prom in that, you know, with trying to keep the kids busy here to be safe. And, you know, your contributions made a lifetime memory for all of our students. So thank you so very much. We do greatly appreciate that we were also busy uh, saturday night down at the grade school Uh, we had our annual pto carnival and it was well attended i think they figured a little over 700 people showed up that night and uh, again can't do it without all the many parent volunteers the teacher volunteers uh, all the gracious donations uh, do want to send out a special thank you to one particular person that's been doing this for decades and she'll be retiring on us at the end of the school year and that would be Janelle Sullivan our first grade teacher uh, she's been amazing she's definitely been the leader for the school district in communicating with that group and again just thank you so very much because all those dollars that are gen- generated in the carnival go back to our students and we do so many things from buy-in Uh, different workbooks to field trips to fun activities that they provide for kids. And so thank you so very much for all those families that participated as well. Absolutely. Great to hear. 700, that's a nice number uh, on a Saturday in in April when there's so many other things you could be doing and and to see that many folks come out, that's that's wonderful. It is great. You can hardly get down the halls, you know, it's so (laughs) packed, but you know, it's, it's such a strong tradition here and it, That's what just makes Riley County Schools a special place. You know, there's people just rally around the schools. It's a great community center. And we're just so fortunate that they care about the kids. And just a wonderful activity. Absolutely. Well, in a few weeks, we'll be looking toward uh, graduation and promotion events. Let's uh, talk about when when and where those will be happening. Yeah, this will be the last year that uh, we're hosting uh, both events on the same day, again, due to construction. But uh, Saturday, May 11th, mark your calendar at 11 a.m. will be the eighth grade promotion 
And then at 3 p.m. will be high school graduation. Both will be up at the high school. So got two really strong classes there. One will be starting a new journey of moving to the high. And then we wish our grads the best of luck. It just seems like they just started, you know, just the other day. And now 13 years later, they're going out on their own. And I know that can be a scary time for them and parents, but uh, also very exciting to, you know, watch what they become. So we wish both the best of luck. What about class size here for the senior class? What do you got? How many students? I think we're at 56, Brandon. Okay. So pretty good number, about average for us. Very good. Well, congratulations to all of them. I know they've worked hard and also the, uh, the, the eighth graders going into high school. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, as far as uh, other things going on here, uh, you have a what, special board meeting tomorrow morning? We do. Um, fortunate that our board's going to allow us to have that uh, in today's competitive market. Uh, when you have an opportunity to hire a teacher, you better act pretty quick uh, because it is just so demanding out there. And so on our agenda, again, starting at 730, uh, we're going to try to hire a Spanish and a social studies teacher. And unfortunately, uh, the board will be asked to accept the resignation of our high school assistant principal who's going to take a new journey for him and his family so wish him the best of luck but uh, we'll be excited to uh, have new two two new folks to join our family here at Riley County all right yeah absolutely it's a competitive market out there we hear I know I covered the school board meeting in Manhattan last week and I know that they're struggling still for bus maintenance staff and uh, you, you talk about it we've never seen a job market quite like this in in, in some time yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it used to be that old saying that you probably had a file on your desk about three inches with all the candidates. I know that's the way literally it was when I started as a principal. And now if you're getting two or three, you're really doing quite well. And, you know, I just want to put that chime out there that uh, it, it is very competitive nationwide and really need to see if we can try and convince some young people to go into education. It's a great career, a uh, lot of rewards. Uh, you know, we have three that are retiring from us. Uh, all they'd have to do is sit down and talk to them and find out just how rewarding it is to be an educator. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we're talking with Cliff Williams here, USD 378 superintendent. Um, you have a survey that's been going out to, is it to parents? Parents and students, okay. our Board of Education is uh, following up. As you know, annually we uh, survey uh, our families. And this year we decided we wanted to try to uh, interview the students as well, particularly up at the high school. We value their feedback. And the last survey that we really was quite extensive was focusing on facilities and upgrades. And now that the bond issue is wrapping up, and it really looks nice. I feel like, what's the next step that we want to hear from our parents? And some information that they shared with us was that about over 80% of our parents agree with these next few statements. Uh, one, they feel like uh, we are following our mission statement, which is uh, creating creative thinkers, decision makers, communicators, self-discipline and cooperative. Uh, we're challenging kids to find the best in themselves. Uh, they also feel like uh, we focus on academic standards and uh, curriculum. They feel like we do a good job of communicating that, which that ties well into 
a legislative bill that's out there called the Parents' Bill of Rights, where they would have more information about what is my student learning, what should they be able to do. So it's good to hear that, you know, we seem to be already in compliance with that. Uh, our students also feel like uh, we really have some strengths in the area of instruction, activity options, safe school environment. They would like to see us continue to improve in communication, offering more course offerings, and focusing on college and career readiness. So we got a lot of good feedback that uh, we're going to target with some specific goals and see if we can reach some of these in the short term and long term. So appreciate all those folks that took the time to reach out and give us some feedback. All right. Well, that's good to good to know. That's a good way to really improve customer service, I imagine, because a lot these are your customers, and you want to do do it to uh, the best of your strengths. Yeah, that's correct. And you know, again, I know in the six years I've been here, I've just really been impressed about uh, the amount of feedback that we get. You know, through the survey, they we've even surveyed them. How do we get information from you? They like the survey format. It works well from them in the busy world they're in. And again, they feel like they have a chance to have a voice in what we're doing here at Riley County Schools. All right, very good. Well, you talked about the, the need for staff. Uh, you have uh, a lot of staff who are there, and um, I know you appreciate them. So uh, let's, let's talk about that. You got staff appreciation coming up soon? Yes. And next week, May 3rd, uh, really is designated kind of as teacher appreciation, but we take a little twist on that and we call it staff appreciation because we need them all in order to be able to educate the students. And so we'd like to thank all of our staff for their efforts and contributions to the daily success of each and every student. And we would encourage parents and guardians and students to reach out and thank an educator for what they've done for you this year and all the help and the wonderful experiences they've provided. It's amazing The educators are always a little different kind of group and just those little pats on the back, back to them really mean the world to them. So please take a moment and reach out to an educator and thank them next Tuesday. All right, yeah, so important. Uh, you know, they've worn a lot of hats these last two years, especially, I mean, it's not just teaching. They, they've been uh, close, you know, family, it's it's kind of a tight-knit family, really. That's what it is. It is. And, you know, again, everybody's probably tired of COVID, but, uh, you know, we're going to take some good things out of that. And that took some patience and some flexibility to change. And uh, we were just reflecting on that the other day in our wellness meeting. And, you know, overall, when you look at our numbers, you know, it, it was a family effort. And I don't think we have anything to complain about. You know, our numbers overall are low, our mitigation um, factors really worked for us. And, you know, just just everybody coming together, focusing on the same thing. Yep. All right. Well, a good report here. Anything else, Cliff, that uh, you want to pass along this morning? I do just want to toot the horn of all our teachers. Uh, we had an outside visiting team, which is our annual school improvement visit where we bring in these outside folks to come in and measure how we're doing. Our group is made up of a superintendent, assistant superintendent, and a high school principal. Uh, we got wonderful marks on that. Uh, 
I bring this up because this is the fourth year of a five-year cycle and next year will be the last and it's very, very important to us uh, where the district will either be stamped as being accredited or non-accredited. Basically means are you getting the job done or not? And uh, we think we got, you know, a great opportunity there to get full accreditation, but uh, there's a lot of work that we put forth. I do have a special team called the DLT and that's made up of all of our principals, our school improvement person, which is Sherry Taylor, as well as Aaron Oliver, our middle school math person. Uh, they are our leadership group that guide us through that and just want to say congratulations to them. Another successful year. All right. Very good. Well, always look forward to getting these updates and uh, Cliff, look forward to talking to you here in the future and being your neighbor here pretty soon. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Looking forward to seeing you around the block. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. We'll have uh, more in focus in a moment. We'll hear from John Cox up next over at Blue Valley. You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Uh, today we're talking with John Cox. He's the superintendent at Blue Valley Schools in Randolph. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you uh, once again as we uh, get set for the final month of the school year. I think we're already in the final month, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so just a few weeks left here, but uh, things kind of a whirlwind for you right now? Yeah, things are really uh, chaotic, uh, to say the least. You know, we have approximately 16 days left in the school year. Um, and for the seniors, they have already started their countdown at the high school with a sign at, when you walk in of how many days are left. <laughs> and I know they are super excited about all of the things that are going to happen for them in the, in, in the future. But these last few days of high school for them have been really uh, special because they've got to experience things that previous years hadn't because of COVID and all the other things. And, you know, uh, the one thing that I am appreciative of and, and look back and reflect on is where we've come over the last two years with all the things that we had to deal with um, and manage that the kids this year at every grade level have had an opportunity to experience school more fully. Even if we had to wear masks, they've been able to do just about everything that they would have been able to do otherwise. Uh, you know, specifically uh, field trips. Our elementary students have not had an opportunity in the last two years to go on field trips. And so, you know, when you talk about kids going to uh, Topeka to visit the Capitol or go to the Topeka Zoo, some of our kids haven't had that experience. And, uh, I can speak for my own children who will be going on that field trip. They are excited, uh, just beaming when you talk about what they're going to do. They, they're just so uh, excited about it. And fortunately, I get to go with uh, and experience that uh, from a parent's side uh, and be with the kids as well. So that's going to be very cool. Um, our uh, seventh graders and eighth graders, uh, they uh, went on a field trip earlier this week. Uh, they got to go visit El Ellsworth Correctional Facility, uh, and they do that um, to teach the kids about the correctional system and to get a different perspective of life and, and how making choices um, affects your life, whether it's positive choice or a negative choice. And just it's a, it's a good experience for them to, to get out and see the world because a lot of our kids, this is the world that they've known in Randolph, Kansas or in Manhattan. So 
giving them a broader perspective. That'd be an exciting uh, field trip, and just field trips in general. I mean, that's uh, you said it here. Um, I had a, I have a preschooler who got to go to the Wamigo City Park uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was running a mile a minute. Tell tell me all about that, but you know, that we take it for granted. But kids didn't have it the last couple of years. It's uh, kind of kind of unbelievable. That's a, that's that's right. And you know, prior to all of the pandemic. We were able to do things and build connections for kids uh, from the community. And we've lost that ability over the last two years. And so as we have been planning, trying to rebuild those connections, and if we can make reference points of going on a hike and saying, okay, do you remember when we went on the hike at the zoo that we saw this plant or this animal and builds that connection that they wouldn't otherwise have. And that's that's when true learning takes place. Yep, absolutely. Well, good to see that's going on, and uh, it'll be a few weeks here before graduation. I imagine you probably have a different size graduating class this year. Last year was only four. What what do we got this year? We've got 18, okay. uh, and that is exciting to have a full class. You know, after they graduated, our popular student population went up by 10 stu- or 12 students. <laughs> so that was exciting all by itself. Um They've, it's been a, a great year. Uh, they've had an opportunity to, to take some ownership and some leadership of the high school um, and have a voice in, in the operation side of what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. Uh, we've had staff members who've really stepped up and uh, worked with them to promote the high school from inside and change the way that they do business, um, both from the student standpoint and from the staff standpoint, and they work together rather than a top down, we're telling you to do this. It's been more of a collaborative effort um, with, with the students that participated in that leadership program. That's great. So when, when is uh, your graduation date? Graduation is set for May 14th at one o'clock um, at the high school, and it'll be at the, in the old gym now, one of the things that we were hoping for that uh, we haven't had a chance to accomplish because of, of uh, red tape through the ESSER process uh, is we were hoping to have uh, air conditioning in the, uh, the gym, but that is on the, uh, the, uh, the table. It's just a matter of working through all of the details of uh, getting it approved um, through the, uh, the government processes. But it's going to be an exciting day. Uh, it's going to be a great day for our kids. And a full experience, one that I haven't had the opportunity to experience because of last year we had four. So being able to graduate the full class will be amazing. Certainly will be. That'll be a, a lot of fun. Very exciting for those kids. And I know you have some good kids up there. So uh, congratulations to all of them. As far as uh, sports are concerned, I know you started the new baseball program. How's that going? Uh, it's been tremendous. Um, we weren't sure what to expect um, doing a full junior varsity schedule this year uh and right out of the gate we won our first game first game of the season our inaugural uh season they won the first game they dropped the second game but they won and that in itself taking the field and winning a game is a win for those kids for the coaches for our community um but taking a and creating a program where there wasn't one and not knowing what to expect It was kind of nerve wracking, but at the same time, exciting. And as they've progressed through the years, you know, we have 13 kids uh, and, you know, 
high school baseball is one on the pitcher's mound. And if you only have 13 kids, you've got to pull kids that may not have any pitching experience to try to win games. And so they have won three or four games this year uh, in their season. And so just taking the field, it's a success, but to win games as well. Uh, we've got games coming up um, and I'll go through a list of those when we get to the upcoming events, but uh, the community has, has, has wrapped around the team and we are so fortunate that Westmoreland has allowed us to use their uh, city facilities for our home field. That's been tremendous. Our biggest challenge this year has been when we've played the bigger schools, the powerhouse schools of baseball, like Rock Creek or Clay Center or Riley County, you know, our kids have been competitive throughout those entire, through those games, but they've got so much depth. It's just sometimes hard to overcome that, but our kids battled. They, uh, I, I praise them highly uh, and they've got heart and that's what it's going to take to move us forward. And as we look to next year into a potential varsity season of baseball, which is, comes with its own unique set of challenges. Yeah, well, only good things to come for that uh, program. So glad to see that's thriving. And uh, as far as other sports are concerned, uh, we're wrapping up seasons, I'm sure, in track and field and other things. Yes, uh, we've got track. Uh, and I'm just going to run down the list of activities and where, and where we're having them because there's so many things it's hard to believe we have 16 days left in school, but I've got a page and a half worth of dates that of places we're going to be. So um, May 2nd uh, through May 6th, I want to make sure that I, that I hit on this. It's teacher appreciation week with all of the things that we have gone through. Our teachers have done a wonderful, wonderful job of educating our students. You know, on the nightly news, you see a lot of negative things about ed public education, but our public education uh, in Blue Valley, in Riley County, and in Kansas is tremendous. So if you get a chance to show some appreciation to your teacher, please do so. They, 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 they deserve it, and they deserve more than we can give them, but they are a tremendous group of, of staff members, and I am so fortunate to, to work with them every single day. Uh, but on, also on May 2nd, uh, we have our high school, middle school spring concert for our band and choir at the high school. On May 3rd, we've got middle school track at Washington County starting at 2. We've also got high school baseball at Donovan West starting at 430. On May 4th, this is a, a switch from the way we've traditionally done our activities awards night. Um, typically those days, a bit, we've done that in the afternoon, but um, this year we're gonna do uh, May 4th, our awards ceremony at 6 p.m. in the evening to give more opportunity for the community to come out. Uh, I've been told that we're gonna do a hamburgers and bratwursts uh, prior to that, kind of do a, a cookout and then go have the awards and just have some fun with it, just open it up. Our fifth and uh, sixth graders will go on a field trip on the fifth. We also have high school track on the fifth at Valley Heights starting at three o'clock. Our FFA banquet uh, will be at the high school on May 6th. May 10th, we're going to be at Troy for baseball. On the 10th in the evening, we'll have our elementary spring concert at the high school. May 11th, and this is really super exciting for our kids, our band is traveling to Worlds of Fun 
to participate in the band festival that they have going on there. And then they get to uh, enjoy the rides as well. And we're so excited that this opportunity has presented itself because our band kids work hard all year. And it's a, it's a group from middle school to high school to form our band. It's a tremendous opportunity and something that they are looking forward to. On May 11th in the evening is our senior awards night starting at 630. This is another great partnership that we have with the Westmoreland Community Clinic. On May 12th, uh, all the students in Blue Valley are going to be able to get school physicals at no cost. Uh, they'll come in and they will do that, which is a win-win for us and for our uh, families because uh, students who participate in athletics have to have that physical. By them coming in and providing it, it takes one of those things away and the burden off of the parents to go out and get it done. We're just taking care of it for them here. Um, May 13th, uh, this is something I look forward to each year. It's the elementary school field day. They come over to the high school and they set up uh, the track to be an, a, a, an event space for them to run events and make it feel like a, a full-on track meet. Uh, our track students, our athletes help participate in that and run it. And it's always fun to watch the kids run the track and just see the excitement on their face. May 14th, as I said, is our graduation at one o'clock at the high school. Uh, May 17th is our fifth through seventh grade award ceremony. It will be in the afternoon at two o'clock. That night will be our eighth grade promotion and award ceremony starting at six. And I can't believe I'm even saying this, but May 19th, it's our last day of school. And we will dismiss at one o'clock. And I'm telling you, with all of the things that we've accomplished this year, uh, working through the pandemic and all of the, the, the struggles that we've had there, having a full year of school that has been somewhat normal um, has been a, a tremendous experience. And it hasn't been easy all of the time, but together we have succeeded. And that's what makes uh, Ram Nation in Blue Valley uh, so special is that we work together to make sure we're doing the right things all right well lots to look forward to here in the next few weeks and i know everybody's uh, just itching for summer so uh good luck going forward and uh look forward to a successful end to this school year yeah i i'm sure that we're going to have a lot of fun between now and then and i thank you for uh, having me on this morning we are back here on in focus news radio kman Live segment here the rest of the way. We're going to be talking with Dr. Reginald Eggleston, who is the superintendent at USD 475 Geary County Schools. Always appreciate the time to talk here with him. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me again. It's been about a month since the last time we talked. So, uh, you know, a lot of things happened throughout the uh, uh, the school year. And uh, I tell you, a lot has happened since we've we've talked. I'm sure, and and I think the the attitude's probably a little more uh, looking forward to summer. I I think you get to this time of year, and and I've talked to other people too. It's just a different kind of feeling. You you know, you're almost done, and you got that thing called summer just around the corner. You're absolutely right. We've been talking to our teachers, administrators, just staff in general, saying we want to finish strong for the rest of the year. And basically, what we're saying is let's stay focused. We know there's a lot of energy and excitement about the last 20 or so days ahead of us, uh, but let's not lose sight of what we're here for. And I think everybody's doing a great job. We're coming in, we're teaching, we're still challenging our young people to do their very best. So 
Uh, I'm really proud of the work ethic that everyone is exhibiting. And um, we just finished state testing last week, I believe. And so, uh, of course, you know, that's how we are graded. And uh, the staff and teachers have done a great job and administrators as well with uh, really uh, administering the uh, state assessment and getting that behind us. So uh, just a lot of uh, excitement and everybody's starting to exhale a little bit because we know we're getting toward the end of the year. Absolutely. I'm curious, when when do those uh, districts get the, uh, when do they find out how they did on the state assessments? Does that come later this year? We're normally around the end, the beginning of June, uh, end of May, we'll start getting some preliminary data uh, that is sent out to all of the districts from the State Department. That gives us an opportunity to clean up any questions or disparities. And then the final data comes out around August time period. And we'll use that data in order to create our school improvement plans in each one of our schools, as well as determine what our goals will be for the upcoming school year. Okay. Well, looking forward to uh, to that. And I, I'm sure everyone's eagerly anticipating those and hoping for good results, obviously, uh, going forward. Let's uh, talk about what's coming up here yet uh, here in the, the next few weeks. you got a kind of a crunch time here before the end of the year. Well, absolutely. We actually will start Monday, this upcoming Monday. We will be celebrating uh, our educators. We have a teacher banquet, and we're going to be recognizing 27 retirees. Uh, when you combine all of their years of, of service, you're looking at over 600 years. I mean, 600 years of, of service with the 27 individuals we will uh, recognize. Uh, our Education Foundation will be passing out or providing scholarships to teachers who are in graduate school and furthering their education. Uh, in addition to that, on May the 15th, we're going to have our graduation at Junction City High School in the gymnasium there at 3, 3 p.m. Um, so very excited about that. I know our young people uh, are elated. You know, when you start talking about celebrating the past 13 years of, of, of school. And when you say 13, you're including kindergarten. So, uh, you know, you're looking at a lot of years that parents have invested, uh, grandparents, educators, uh, that old African adage, it takes an entire community to raise a child becomes quite relevant and real uh, when you look at a graduation and you experience that. So uh, very excited about that. Uh, we have summer school that's coming up. On May, starting May 31st. And so we're going to have several sites uh, in the local area as well as on Post, Fort Riley, where we will be offering a four week summer school experience and opportunity for our students. It's enrichment. And um, so that's just some of the, the, the opportunities we're going to have. Uh, in addition to just those opportunities and and events, we're going to be serving lunch all throughout the summer as well for, for our summer lunch program. So um, a full next 30 days and really a full next 90 days uh, as we start making preparations for the start of the school year. Sounds good. Well, I know a lot of folks will be excited about the graduation and, and getting to partake in those activities. We've seen that, of course, disrupted somewhat here the last couple of years across the country. Um and this will be, I guess, the first graduation inside that new high school, which will be a wonderful opportunity to showcase uh, that backdrop. 
Absolutely. This is somewhat a history-making moment for this class. They will be the first grad, first class to graduate, uh, you know, going through the high school. So some very exciting uh, opportunity for them and uh, something that I know they're going to remember and cherish for the rest of their lives. I'm sure their families will as well. Absolutely. Well, I've been asking some of the other school districts, what what's your class size for the senior class? Do you know? We'll look at, we're a little bit over 300 students, um, which uh, for a high school with that has averaged a little bit over 1,400 students over the last several years uh, is pretty normal. This year, we've, we've been close to 1,600, right at 1,600 students. Um, we had an increase of about 150 to 200 students this year, which we were very excited about. And so uh, we think that uh, the numbers will continue to either remain steady, remain steady or maybe show some uh, increase as the years move forward okay well that puts a little in perspective for me my high school which i graduated uh oh, almost 20 years ago uh it's about the same size so that's similar to what where i went in in missouri so oh good, absolutely good stuff all right well the uh as far as the uh summer school program now we've talked about summer school on here before it it's not your your mom and pop's same old summer school anymore these days a lot of times you know it used to get like a negative connotation but uh, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore here does it say that again we had a little break up there oh, oh i'm sorry yeah i was gonna say back in the back in the day it seemed like summer school was kind of a punishment here for students but anymore these days it just doesn't seem to be the case anymore isn't that fair to say no, no. We really want summer school just to be an extension of the, of the school year. And we try to liven, liven it up a little bit with some field trips at the end of each week, hands-on experiences. Um, we just try to make it as enjoyable for everyone, the teachers, give them an opportunity to be as creative as they desire to be. Uh, and so, but we wanted to all have some educational outcomes connected with it. We want to improve math scores. We want to improve reading, uh, but yet in a much lighter, I guess you could say, environment. And so um, having summer school uh, is just ideal. Uh, we encourage all of our parents to take advantage of it. And we encourage all of our students to be part of it. We really would love to have all of our students to participate in. I know some students work, some students are in athletic programs and um, some participating in the fine arts. So, of course, everyone won't be able to do so, but we feel that it's just so important to have that extended year opportunity for our students. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good good to know. When is there like a deadline to sign up for that? Uh, we're going all the way through uh, the end of this month. Uh, and so students have roughly maybe two and a half, three weeks to go because we are going to need to cut off the enrollment so that we can definitely know what our class sizes will look like. Okay, gotcha. Uh, as far as the uh, the summer lunch program, we talked about that a little bit here, but uh, so that, that will rotate uh, throughout the community? In the past, we've had it at all of the sites where we have summer school and we may have one or two extra sites. And so we've been communicating that. We've started that communication. 
and uh, we'll make sure parents know exactly the locations and the times or hours that it will be in operation. And so um, that's kind of where we are with that, but we'll be pushing that information out to everyone uh, here pretty soon, just so people can make plans to have that service available. You know, I have to admit in, in the past, uh, before I really thought too much about it, I, you know, summer meal programs, I knew they existed, but boy, they, they really can be vital in communities uh, like Junction City, Manhattan, Salina. I mean, they, these are really good opportunities here for the community to get some food, uh, especially because we know that there's food deserts out there for folks. Right. I think the pandemic actually highlighted the food insecurity that exists uh, within many states, communities. And so, uh, like you said, this program has existed forever. Um, in other districts that I've worked in, we've done the same thing. So I think anytime you can provide a service to your community to help young people, to help support families, it's a plus. Uh, I think public schools do a tremendous service to communities. I think a lot of times we only look at schools as far as the teaching and academic piece, but I think people really fail to look at the totality of what public education does. When you just talk about the summer feeding program, you talk about the extended year service of adding uh, opportunities for young people to learn, uh, after school tutoring, Saturday school, you think about the athletics and fine arts, school districts uh, influence and impact uh, communities in such a positive way. Um, I'll have to admit we do have our challenges, but public education does a tremendous service uh, to its communities and families. And I think sometimes that goes unnoticed and, and really uh, unrecognized. I think that's fair to say. Again, we're speaking with uh, Superintendent Dr. Reginald Eggleston, USD 475, Geary County. Well, as we look ahead to, because uh, you'll have to start making preparations for next year, which I'm sure are already happening. Uh, one of those things tied to the the lunches, uh, I know the federal program is ending for the uh, the free and reduced, or I guess the, the free meal program here was brought on by the pandemic. I know districts will be looking at kind of trying to uh, adjust to that here after the last couple of years. Have you guys had discussions yet uh, in your school district about kind of how much of a challenge that will be going into next year? Well, we know that we're going to have to get out there and really communicate with parents and, and, and share with them the significance and importance of filling out the uh, free and reduced lunch applications. Uh, that is how we get our funding or is impacted to portions of our funding. And so we wanna make sure that we are able to capitalize on uh, taking advantage of the application process. That means getting as many or all of our parents to participate in it so that as we go into the future years, those revenue sources uh, will be in place and something that we know we can rely and depend on. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a diff different year next year. And really, I think uh, the good thing is things are getting back to more normal, uh, as, as I guess, as normal as they can be uh, here post-COVID, right? I, th I think you're right. I think we're going to – I think COVID also helped us see that the way we do business um, – we may have to adjust. And uh, I think there are a lot of good practices that came out of COVID. Uh, I think anytime you go through something that was as traumatic and tremendous as a pandemic, uh, 
it shakes the core of uh, your organization, shakes the core of individuals. Uh, and so we as professionals will now begin to look at some of those practices that we put in place. Some of them we may say we never want to see again. And then there are some that we know were of benefit and that we may want to continue using. Um, I give you an example of one thing. During the pandemic, we conducted a lot of our parent teacher conferences over the phone. And, uh, not the phone, excuse me, over, over Zoom using technology. And uh, we found that a lot of our parents responded very positively to that. And that will be something that we will continue to do. We're gonna go back to in-person parent-teacher conferences for those who desire it because we believe that that in-person does help a lot. But for some people, because of their work schedule and just commitments and just life in general, uh, the utilization of technology uh, came through and really allowed them to, to still have a, 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 an interaction with their students, teacher and administrator. So we see that there were some positive things that came out of the pandemic, and we're going to need to look at those and try to see if we can capitalize on them. Zoom parent-teacher conferences, I think, are the best thing to come out of the pandemic because I, I'm a, my wife and I are both working parents, and you know we're busy, and being able to, you know, after a, a long day at work, uh, when you have a six o'clock parent-teacher conference, being able to just sit on your couch and do it, that that's a plus. And I know a lot. I'm I'm probably a lot like a lot other a lot, a lot of other folks here who like that convenience. Oh, absolutely. I think even some of our professional development can be done through Zoom. Um, I think there was just a lot of positive things that came out of it. Uh, some of the safety measures that we feel like we need to maintain uh, in order to have a safe environment. You know, attendance is a, is a number, is one of our top three priorities in the district. We believe if you are in school every day, then we can influence your academic achievement in a very positive way. And so a lot of the safety measures that we did, uh, the purging of the air in buildings, uh, the use of hand sanitizer, uh, just 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 some practical things. Uh, if people keep them in mind, I think will continue to help us make uh, or keep attendance as a priority throughout our district. All right. Again, we're speaking with Dr. Eggleston. Uh, just a couple minutes left here on the show. Uh, as far as uh, other preparations here ahead of next year, what? Uh, I know you guys always do building maintenance. Is there anything specific coming up over the summer that uh, you're looking forward to? Well, we just had a meeting with our Board of Education a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about our six-year uh, facilities plan. And so every summer we do routine maintenance in our schools. Uh, it's just like taking care of your home in order to, in order to have uh, the facilities around in the years to come. We know that we have to do some painting roof work, plumbing, just general maintenance in order to keep things going. Uh, in a couple of places, we know we need to do some, some spot work when it comes to the parking lots. And, um, you know, this winter, uh, whenever you have the freezing and the ice and all, it kind of expands some of the potholes. And so we have some things we need to address in a couple of our parking lots. Uh, but for the most part, I have to say, over the last 10 years, the district has done an exceptional job of uh, pre-maintenance, early maintenance, and really keeping our facilities in place. And of course, you got that brand new high school, which I, I, I love that high school. I'm sorry, I know I talk about it a lot, but I just when I toured it back in October, I just so fascinated. And there's probably not a lot of maintenance work you'll have to do on that this summer, but uh, 
it's such a great facility. Well, you know, a, a facility of that size requires a great deal of cleaning. And so we're going to focus on um, any touch up paint that we need. We got, like I said, we have 1600 students in that building, another hundred or more faculty members. So you're looking at over 1700 individuals in a facility that's used, been used on routinely every day. And so we'll go through there and check all the plumbing, lights, just the routine things that you need to make sure are taken care of. Light bulbs go out, um, sockets need to be worked on, floors need to be polished and vacuumed and cleaned. So we'll do the routine uh, maintenance uh, and make sure that it's ready for when students start back up in the fall. All right. Well, lots to look forward to and uh, just a few weeks left of the school year. Dr. Eggleston, I appreciate the, the time here this morning, and we'll look forward to talking to you here in May. All right. Sounds good. You be safe and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you at the start of the school year. All right. Sounds good. That's going to wrap up in focus here for today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll hear from uh, Dr. Timothy Schaefer over at the Institute for Civic Discourse and Democracy. Robin Cole will join us also from Pawnee Mental Health Services.